Hey guys, Motorcycle Dad Podcast with Tito. It's the end of the week. Hope everybody had a good, positive week. Got some shit done and needed to get done. I know I did. There was some shit that I was slacking on, but I was able to, to pick it up in the later end of the week and finish strong. So I hope you motherfuckers finish strong as well. So it's Friday going into the weekend. I'm going to start this podcast off. We're going to go over some uh, motorcycle news in this segment. Okay. Uh, going to also go over some Harley news and we're going to get, discuss the touring battle, touring motorcycles. Who has the crown? Who do you think has the crown? I'm going to go based off of the numbers and what you're paying for and the money that you're spending and what you're getting for spending said money. Okay. And you'll probably be surprised. You look at us. Once I start reading off some numbers to you. And then look at the benefits you're getting. Uh, you'll probably be like, what the fuck? Like, why was I spending that kind of money? All right. But, and then I'm going to, my second segment is going to be a little different. It's going to be a little bit more military based, but also it kind of coincides with riding. So it's going to be pretty interesting. You guys will see. So here we go. We're going to start this off. Guy, this is horrible news to me at least. And, uh, you know, I feel for the company Clockworks. All right. They're based in South Dakota and South Dakota got hit by some flash floods and it flooded the headquarters of Clockworks. Now, for anybody that doesn't know who Clockworks is, they're a manufacturer, aftermarket manufacturer of uh, the curved windshields. Uh, I think to me personally, they take the crown. I think they have the best bagger windshields out there that divert the air, have little different uh, kind of bubbles on them. So the air flows in different manners and what you need. And you can, you can pick it custom, whichever one, the flare, the height, all that stuff. They do handlebars. They do fenders. They do a lot of part aftermarket parts for the Harley Davidson, the V twin industry period, not just Harley, but for Indian as well. And that is a huge blow, but their quality and their fan following stands for themselves, you know, bar none. It's, it steps out or it stands out than anybody else. I know Clockworks has been in the game for a while. So Clockworks, I, you know, hey, look, I've been a fan of your product. I've owned your product before. Uh, I've never had a problem with, the, you know, any of the product I've ever received. And I've never heard one person in the industry say anything bad or negative about their product. So I hope you guys get back on your feet, you recover, and uh, come back stronger than ever. And I know you guys got a cult following. You know, people are going to support you guys just because they're just good people, at least from what I understand, their operation. And those are few and far in between. So definitely, I know a lot of riders are going to go out and support them when they get back on their feet. So I wish you guys a uh, speedy recovery when it comes to getting the, getting the building and the business back up and running. All right, moving on to the next news. Something I was reading through, I've been trying to do, you know, step my game up on this fucking podcast. I can't just be talking bullshit, all right? So I look at my audience and try to educate about education of mine, all right? And one of these things is I just found out, and this article dated back to August 19th. This is one of the Power Sports, uh, Power Sports websites that I use. And I did verify Harley has a, a class action lawsuit against them right now for uh, faulty ABS units from touring model motorcycles, ranging from the CVOs, uh, uh, electric glide, anything in that touring class, electric glide, street glide, the street glide I don't think wasn't even, yeah, the street glide came out later on, road kings, 
you're looking at 2008 to 2010 models with ABS, there's a defect in the wiring harness that can have, gives a possibility of an unexpected ABS failure. And this affects 150,000 bikes, okay? So like I said, there's currently class action lawsuits in, open in California, Georgia, Florida, and I think a couple other states, I think Texas may have been. Don't quote me on that last one, but I know confirmed it was Florida, Georgia and California have class action lawsuits against Harley. So it doesn't, doesn't get easier for the bar and shield. Uh, I, I've always said that, you know, one of the things for me and my relationship with Harley and working with them is that's something they've struggled with is quality, uh, quality control. Um, I remember, you know, cause a lot of the bearings and stuff are made in Indonesia and you know, a lot of ABSs are made in Mexico. And we had problems with like, you're talking about inner, uh, inner clutch hub bearings for a while. We were getting them brand new out the box and they're bad right out the gate, which we thought was impossible. But then we swapped them out with good ones. We were like, oh, wait a minute. So yeah. So they've had problems with that. I know with the 2014, when they went to the hydraulic clutch, they had a recall right away. And then another recall a year later. And then I think another recall because of O-ring tears. So it wasn't even the fact that the engineering was bad. It was just the fact of the quality deficiency. And I'm thinking that's what it, you know, it's a trend. One of the things I learned in aviation, any of my aviation boys can tell you when you're a CDI or collateral duty inspector or an inspector period, or even as a nugget or a new guy, you're starting to learn to pick up trends. And it's a trend. It's not their engineering or, well, except on the cam chest kit, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> but the quality of their product seems to sometimes suck. So call it what it is. But either way, that leads me into, so if you have any of those models, you're between 2008 and 2010, um, they haven't issued a recall yet on that. Like I said, it's a class action lawsuit, but just just keep an eye on it. If you have ABS on those models, just be very careful and mindful of that until they decide to step up and take some responsibility, which I said, I, I feel bad for Harley because I mean, the brand is so strong and it's such an American brand that, you know, step your game up guys, come on. You know, we got to work harder. We got to outwork everybody. So the only way that I know anybody's going to be successful is fucking hard work. You can have the knowledge. That's half of it. But you got to fucking bust your ass, too. At least that's the way this fucking country works. All right. Now, we're going into a touchy subject. And I'm going to rub my hands together. I'm going to let you guys hear it. Usually my audio fucking sucks. But I'm trying to fucking purpose. Touring model motorcycles. Okay. Now, guys, this is going to range from a couple different brands. I'm probably leaving one or two off, but I'm just going to start off with the heavy hitters. And the reason why I'm going to start with this one is suggestion from Double Dog I Know. Okay, Bounty, thank you very much. He wanted me to cover the Gold Wing specifically. I will, you know, eventually give those breakdowns of what the Gold Wing and the other. But first, I want to paint the broad brush about what we're looking at when we're talking about touring model motorcycles and I'm looking at this strictly from the numbers perspective okay so we're going to start off with your going okay and we're all talking about 2019 or 2020 some of them like you know here it is Indian just released their 2020 unveiling uh for their new updated stuff and I'll go over that after I go over this to label the benefits and features okay but going okay you're looking at about you're looking at 1800 cc's all right, and I'm gonna go by CC. Sorry, Harley guys. I know you go with cubic inches, but being that I'm primarily a metric guy, I'm gonna go by CCs because that's where I kind of see the value in applied power. So that's why I'm gonna, and not only that, everybody else is on the fucking metric system. 
It's not a big deal. Whip out your Alabama calculator on your hands. And start adding some fucking numbers up, fellas. I know you're just used to 114 or 103 or something, but we're going higher now. <laughs> so here it is. Going 1,800 cc's. You're looking at 98 horsepower at the wheel and a torque factor of 108 foot-pounds of torque, okay, at the wheel. Now, of course, these are perfect conditions, dyno shit, you know, whatever. They, the closed environments. But still, your base price out the fucking door, base price, $23,800. Now, that sounds like a lot. Let's keep going. I'm just going to keep going down the line. You're looking at your BMW K1600 series. That can range from your uh, K1600B, your Grand America, your GT, GTL. Uh, you're looking at BMAs, the Gem and Zia, uh, 1,649 cc's, 160 horsepower, and 129 foot-pounds of torque. And you're looking at with the Beamer, a base price, base price now, $25,595. Hmm, interesting. Let's move to the Roadmaster. You have the Polaris made Indian Roadmaster. Now, this is based on the 2020 figures, guys, because now they bumped it up to a 116 cubic inch or 1,890 cc's of V-twin air-cooled power. And you're finally there. At least, look, I'll give Indian props. They may have overheating problems in that fucking motor, which they're still dealing with, but you're looking at least you're getting 100 horsepower out of the box. Okay, straight to, without any modifications, 100 horsepower, and you're doing 127 foot-pounds of torque. Let's go to your Harley-Davidson, the HAG, uh, Electroglide Ultra Limited, or Ultra Classic. No, they don't have Ultra Classics anymore. They're all Ultra Limited now. So. Well, yeah, that's right. So you're looking at CCs, CCs now. 1,868 CCs, okay, so you're just, what, Alabama calculator real quick. You're just 22 cc's off from the Roadmaster, but we're sitting at 90 horsepower and 119 foot-pounds of torque. And you're talking a base price point of $28,699. It can be yours if the price is right. All right, guys, so let's look at value here. And I've ridden... I have not ridden the new Goldwing, so I can't really speak much on that one. I've ridden the older Goldwings uh, about two, three years prior was the last, I think three years ago was the last time I've ridden, hopped on the Goldwing and rode one. Um, what you're getting, bang for your buck, it's a phenomenal machine. I can't talk shit on it. When you hear somebody doing Goldwing, you are thinking minimum 100,000 miles on this life's demand and spike. Minimum. Uh... My beef with the bike, it was too perfect for me. And I know that sounds fucking stupid as hell, but it was just like, I mean, you're talking about power there when you needed it, uh, amazing range, comfortability, but it was just something about it that was just too perfect for me. I know that sounds dumb as fuck, but still, like I said, too good for me. I'm a roughneck. I don't need to get too good of shit. I can eat off a dollar, maybe, whatever. However fuck you want to look this. I, I, I can eat the, the, the chow hall sandwich line. And my people... From Pendleton 24 area, y'all know what's up. Sandwich line. I'm sandwich line guy. I don't have to go get the highest, the highest hit. So looking at it, but when you're looking at what you're getting, 
for your monies. Of course, there's all sorts of features that can be added, lighting packages, this, any other. But still, it's pretty reasonable considering the fact that out the door, let's just say taxes and everything, if you added about two to three grand worth of parts and accessories, which is common, you know, to get you for that anyways, you're still under 30 out the door with tax. You know, that's pretty good. Now, let's go to the Germans, the BMW K1600, yeah. I got really good at that because we used to do a lot of German customers at Eagle Rider, number one demographic. I love Germans, they're fucking, they're, those guys are crazy when it comes to riding. Motorcycles wise, awesome guys. Um, but the Germans, I'm sorry, I've ridden this K1600 and I know what it's capable of and I know what you're getting. And to me, bang for your fucking buck, probably the fucking one of the best ones because you're going to spend that $25,595 depending on which model you're getting of course you know you got your gtl which comes with a tour pack on the back or a uh, top case now we're outside of the harley world is top cases um you have your grand america that's a little bit more but i'm not a fan of the grand america because they did put a limiter on it because the germans did feel that the top case on the back threw the aerodynamics of the motorcycle off and they didn't feel like it was safe aerodynamically to go over a buck. Um, yeah, no, no, of course, you, you're not supposed to be going over 100. Fuck it. I'll call all that shit. That's bullshit. All that fucking power you got. And you tell me I can't break up a, a buck. Now, I know I've heard of there's ways around it, but I don't want to spill the, the beans right now because I want to give it time for another loophole to be worked out before I just, before I start dry snitching. And, you know, I, I know some guys out there who know how to go around it, so I'll just leave it be at that. All right, but still, there's ways around everything. And I personally have ridden the K1600B, okay? The K1600B is what they consider their bagger model. It's what they, Roland Sands, he did a concept. And then the next year, Beamer unloaded the, the B. And to me, it is a fine fucking piece of machinery, bar none. I took this thing on a ride uh, at the time with the club to Beatty. And I felt like I was holding. I felt like I was on a bagger, but with sport bike power, because when I felt genuinely like I was holding back the bike, doing 75, 80, riding, you know, club formation, side by side, front to back, all that bullshit, dude, I still felt like I was holding back. And I swear on Harleys, if I'm riding in that same pack with amongst Harleys, I don't feel that way. I'm feeling like, yeah, we're rolling. But it's like, I felt like on that bike, I was holding back. I could easily just fucking drop the hammer and the amount of power that's there and what you're getting bang for your buck wise, I, it's phenomenal. They've had problems with water pumps. The Bridgestones have a tendency of wearing horrible on that fucking bike for some reason. Sorry, if you like Tombstones, that's on you. I don't like fucking Bridgestones. And yeah, we call them Tombstones, fuck that. Um, I had multiple customers that used to complain to me. Dude, I even had a customer one time, this motherfucker came in and was telling me, bro, I feel like the swing arm is about to go off. And I told him this. I was like, look, sir, I keep tires and oil like religion and politics. I usually don't talk about that shit at the bar or at work. But I'm going to tell you right now, those fucking tires suck. Changed it to the Angel GTs, the Pirelli Angel GTs, the A-Specs, because they're for heavier bikes and they last longer. And he called me when he got home and was like, dude, these tires are fucking phenomenal. That has been the only real defect. And that in the reverse, I think they've had a couple problems with reverse. Uh, where it's like customers that try to get us to duplicate it. And genuinely, dude, we try to get it and we couldn't get it to duplicate. So it's like, that's the hard part about being in, you know, in a dealership. It's like, you try to help the customer, but it's like, look, bro, unless I can prove it, 
your shit's not getting covered. But either way, Beamer does have one of the better warranties in the game as well. Um, out of all the manufacturers that I worked with, at least on the European side, I think they had the best logistics because I can get parts overnight if I needed to. And I think that's because of their car side. So now I'm going to get off the Germans, you know, the Germans nutsack and let's get to uh, the Roadmaster. Okay. Um, I've ridden the Roadmaster. I haven't ridden the new, the new model, of course, but we're talking about the 111 model I've ridden. And I've been impressed with the power because like on a Harley, sometimes when you got to drop to that, that fifth gear to get your balls back in it, when, you know, you're doing maybe 75, you drop down to about 70, you try to fucking hammer down and it fucking doesn't really want to go in that sixth gear. You got to hammer back down. That's not a problem with the fucking Roadmaster. You just wring that thing's fucking neck and it goes. It fucking goes. Uh, I think it has a way better suspension system because it has that mono-mounted shock, which if you've noticed, Harley has switched to that in their soft tail model. Oh, how original. Um, you know, these guys have been doing it over in Indian for fucking for quite a bit of time now since they came back out, I want to say around 2013, 14. So um, I, I could be wrong. I can't remember right off the top of my head right now. I'm being honest with y'all. But I'm telling you what you're getting bang for your buck. Yeah, $29,000 out the door. And that's for the new one. I, I had a friend of mine recently, a good brother of mine. He picked one up for stupid, a good price in comparison. He was looking at Harley and the same thing came down to it. It's like, yeah, I'm paying a little bit more by like a grand from what I would have paid for the Harley, but to get every feature that he was getting, heated seats, you know, he was getting bars thrown in and the exhaust and everything. He would have ended up paying like four grand more over at Harley, five grand more versus him spending that extra thousand dollars right off the back and getting everything that he got. So I think, I mean, and tell you, he got bars added on that deal. So it's like, guys, come on, you know, like, he came out ahead, whereas like you got to pay for those heated seats. I don't know how much the heated seats are right now, but I can promise you heated seats from Harley, you're looking on the website, anything 500 and above minimum, okay? You got to pay taxes on that shit. Now you're adding bars in and stuff like that. And to me personally, I think Indian has the better infotainment system. Um, that's one of the things in their 2020 release. They put it out there that, you know, look, they, they up the processing they have the fucking, their screen is bigger. Uh, one of the things in their processing that they changed too is it's faster, but also the dynamic of the GPS works different now. So say, you know, you got hard weather. Say you're heading west. You're coming from the east coast. You got hard weather coming up. It'll recognize that it has hard weather or traffic jams and give you the option of being rerouted. Well, hey, you want to take a different route? It'll actually get you there faster. It has that kind of computing power where Harley doesn't because they leave it on a lot of the customer base to take responsibility for their shit. You know, like something as simple as like, the, so the infotainment system on the Harley, it requires a software update. A lot of people didn't know that. When we first got the Rushmore's, big fancy screens, we were noticing radios weren't going right, uh, Bluetooth wasn't linking up, and the maps were going wonky. And they're like, oh, there's a software update. I learned that from my dealer down in uh, Miami. Special shout out to Peter's Harley, uh, Peterson's Harley Davidson South. Those guys, I had a great working relationship with them. Even though I was Eagle Rider, they never treated me like shit and they educated me. They're, they're, there's a reason why that shop is still around and doing doing good business. So a uh, special shout out to Eddie down there too, man. He's been grinding it out. He used to work for me over in Miami, uh, Eagle Rider, but he's over there killing it, you know, at Harley. And like I said, that was their culture there. It's all about culture nowadays, you know, selling point. But those guys educated us. Here it is. You're required every now and then to go on Harley's site, go to the owner's link, 
and update it. And you got to put it on a thumb drive with nothing else on it, or it has to be the top file and then load it onto your computer on the bike itself. Plug it into the USB port by the, by the, uh, by the radio, you know, the little adapter on the side, a little pocket cubby hole, and it'll update. It'll go through the process of updating and then fucking you're good. But a lot of people don't know that. And you'd be surprised. A lot of Harley dealers didn't know that either. I was pretty surprised about that. Shit, Eagle Rider didn't know it until I bought it up to him. And because there, you know, we had so many customer complaints about radios and GPSs. I'm like, is anybody doing the software updates? I said it in the national in our you know weekly service call. And that became a big thing because it was like, well, that's a huge complaint customer service-wise. So I think Roadmaster has a better better infotainment system right off the back. So where, yeah, you're spending that $29,000, you're still getting 100 horsepower out the gate. You're coming, getting some nice features. Um, like I said, they're still working on that overheating problem. They at least tightened up their top end problem, Indian did, that motor, because it. we had a couple of them at the beginning that sounded like a coffee can with fucking bolts in it, like the metal coffee can. It was like bad. And I remember being on the horn with Indian and the engineers like, yeah, we listen to your video. It sounds, you know, we got to tighten things up. It sounds normal. I'm like, dude, they're hydraulic lash adjusters. What do you tighten up, motherfucker? Like, anybody in the industry, you just know what I said. But I'll go into certain in some of those details later. All right, last, we're going to be at the Harley. Okay, guys, 28699 for your base model. Uh, Ultra Limit is going to come. It's going to come with heated grips, not heated seats, the infotainment system. And you're talking about the 114 Milwaukee 8 that you're still not 100 horsepower on. Um, and I realized that, like, based on the statistics, the, the stats I just gave you, the specs, the Gold Wing ain't at 100 horsepower either. But also, the Gold Wing ain't starting off at $5,000 fucking more. You're still cheaper. And then you get to put all this shit on there. And more than likely, if you throw a set of exhaust and stuff on there or whatever fuck performance parts that Honda's offering for that, uh, I'll go into that later when I do specifically for the Gold Wing. But more than likely, you're still going to be over 100 horsepower and you're probably even spending the base base price for that Harley. So this is where Harley's struggling, guys, because, I mean, dude, I love the brand myself. I'm a huge fan and that's their power is branding. But when you start breaking down fucking numbers, you got to look at it. You're just like, oh, well, statistically, they're losing, you know, statistically going by the numbers. So at the same time, guys, look, I get all my information off the internet. So what the fuck does it matter? How do you feel riding a bike? What is your favorite one? I know there's a lot of guys that don't even fuck with touring bikes, but if you're thinking about getting a touring bike, which one are you thinking about getting? And what kind of rider are you? And the best part about it is guys, go fucking test ride one. If they're being douches, don't test ride it. Then just go rent one for the weekend before you make that kind of investment, because it is a big investment, all right? So look guys, that's my spiel on the touring models. If anybody's got any arguments or quarrels about it, hit me up on the social medias. I'll get on that shit. Uh, Y'all go through all my social media stuff like I do in the last segment, okay? So let the debate begin. Which one are you riding? Ask yourself that. Be right back next segment. Tito back with my next segment, and we're going to talk about if you see somebody on the side of the road, stop for them. Okay. 
this has so many meanings to it. I can get deep and all philosophical and all that shit on it, but it comes down to this. I used to tell customers of mine when I was over at Eagle Rider, and I'd like zip tie some shit or help them with their luggage or something, you know, like something like help them set up the bike. Sometimes they want to tip me. And a lot of majority of times what I told them was this. If you see me on the side of the road, stop for me. Because that means more to me than a $5 tip or a $2 tip. Okay, it means a lot more to me than that. And I think it's something that our motorcycling sport hasn't done a very good job on elaborating on lately. Not to say it's not there. But I've noticed we have a tendency, especially with the younger group, to kind of like clam up. And I think we need to have the opposite approach to that. I think we need to bring them into the fold. And I mean, still, I'm not throwing up the deuces at, at you scooter guys. Sorry, guys, I'm not doing it. Ain't happening. I, I've thrown my, my deuce out there, the piece out there a couple times because I was tricked and then I took it back and put that shit in my pocket. But I digress. Still, I used to, always try to tell my customers that because I wanted to stress the importance of it's really important, especially on two wheels. If you see somebody on the side of the road, stop. You know, there was a couple times when I was a young technician running around Central Florida, I'd see, you know, people stop. One time I was able to help, you know, it was a loose grounding strap and I was able to get homeboy back on the road. Uh, another time it was just somebody just stopped because they didn't like riding in the rain. Um, both times I walked away feeling good and I, I know karma has returned that to me. Not that's the reason why I did it, but having those good intentions as a motorcyclist and putting that energy out there, it comes back to you tenfold, okay? And I think that applies over to our veteran community too, because I know some, you know, some of my veteran brothers and sisters listen to this podcast. I appreciate you guys' support. A lot of the positive feedback I've been getting is from you guys. I can't tell you how much you mean, you know, you mean to me in this podcast and it growing so y'all ain't shit god bless but so y'all y'all know who you are who i just said that to uh but still i think it's just as important on the veteran side to check up on somebody there's a lot of times what i try to do is if i have a memory of some wild shit that me and some you know my boys were doing back in oki or over in iraq i'll have a tendency of the people that are involved in that memory i'll try to call them I try to, not all the time, I'm not always successful and I'm not always the best at it, but we have this tendency now, especially with social media, as much of a powerful tool it is, it allows, it dulls our senses down to, it's okay just to post a meme about caring about it, you know, being like, oh, okay, you know, not that I'm, guys, don't get me wrong, motherfuckers get butt hurt, all right, goddammit, and start thinking like, oh, well, he's bagging on the 22 a day, that's good. If that's how you contribute, that's great. All I'm saying is add one more fucking tool to your toolbox and pick up the fucking phone and call somebody from time to time. You know, if you see somebody on the side of the road, stop and check to see if they're okay. And it ain't all the time that people are fucking in dire straits. That's not the tendency. Like I told you, so one time guy was broke down. Another time it was just guy just chilling. But we got to look out for each other. And I think not only does the motorcycle community, but the veteran community, we can elevate our game. I'm not saying we're not doing enough, but I'm looking at it from the perspective of gratitude. We can do more because some of us have that ability.
to press the send button and actually call that person. Because sometimes people may be going through stuff and they may not be able to make that call themselves. But reach out to people, reach out for motorcyclists. The two go together one way or another. And I'm gonna give my boy Josh Rosario a special shout out for this one. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you listening, the positive feedback. It only encourages me. And I appreciate you having that conversation with me because or that, you know, that that chat, that text back and forth. We still need to talk, homie. Don't forget about me. I know you're night crew. Night crew motherfuckers always got time to talk. <laughs> but still, thank you, because with you know, without that that engagement, I would have forgot something. I would have forgot that. I have other, you know, platforms I need to check on to make sure, you know, I'm getting the feedback for these shows. And also every now and then the importance of a phone call or just to check up on somebody has more weight than anything else. You never know what kind of day somebody is having. You know, my wife, she just called me and you know, she was going through some, you know, she was going through something right now. She called me, we talked it out and just the gratefulness and the gratitude was what I tried to focus on for her and bring that always into the limelight. We can always bring our doubts. We can always bring negativity. We always talk all this shit about different brands and different motorcycles, but to leave it as plain and simple, a tangible example I can give you is one of my most favorite things in the world. I know I just fucked my English up, whatever. I don't give a shit is when I can see two motorcyclists, one from different sides. One's like got a badass fucking bagger. And the other one's got a badass fucking bike that's a beast on the track and on the streets. And they're both sitting there and they're both looking at each other's bikes. Like, damn, dude, that's a fucking badass bike. And the other dude's like, yeah, you got a badass bike too. I remember when I was your fucking age, I used to ride it. Blah, blah, blah. So that's was my two cents. What do I know? I get all my information from the fucking interwebs anyways. So, but... Look, guys, I, I'm forever grateful. I'm always going to be grateful. I'm always going to be thankful for you guys contributing to the podcast. I've had some homies reach out to me. My homeboy, Mike V on Hawaii. Bro, I appreciate the chat last night we had. Um, I just appreciate that chat, period. Besides the fact that, you know, the the, the positivity you were spitting my way, bro, it was really, it was super humbling. Um, my, my cousin, Marilyn, my prima, we're not really cousins. But we're cousins anyways. Everybody's kind of got that cousin where it's like, nah, I'm not really related to him, but that's my cousin. That's my prima, Marilyn. I appreciate her positive feedback because where you don't think you're contributing maybe to the motorcycle aspect of this podcast, still, any kind of positivity is grateful, no matter how much of a fucking potty mouth I have or not. (laughs) Even though I got a bad mouth, guys, I'm still trying to spit some good shit out there. So um, please continue to give me feedback. If you got my number, then you got my number. Hit me up on myself. If you don't, then you ain't fucking getting it unless I give it to you. Not giving it out over the podcast. Capiche. Either way, get a hold of me on my phone if you know me like that. Uh, my Instagram, TitoCP702. DM me, message me. Come and give me a follow there. Or uh, check me out on Facebook, Chris Tito Padilla on Facebook. Or you can hit me up on my Gmail. It's going to be cptito702 at gmail.com. Um, I got good news, guys. I'm going live on Apple here soon. Hopefully, I'm going to check here in a little bit. They said it takes 24 to 48 hours, so we'll see. But I finally got all that shit resolved with Apple. So that's going good. I'm on TuneIn now. It's uh, it's another, another platform out there. Just want to try to put this out there even more. 
I'm looking to bring more guests on. If you're interested in coming and talking about motorcycles with me, uh, look, I may do two or three interviews in a row and then spread them out over some episodes. Either way, if you're even interested, you want to debate me, what the fuck ever. I don't give a damn. I don't give a shit. Dude, get a hold of me. Let's make it happen, okay? One way or another. Look, guys, I hope everybody has a good weekend. Have a blessed one. You ain't shit. No, I'm just playing. I appreciate all of you. And uh, I'll see you when I see you. Peace.